Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Press Pass Podcast, a product of the Press Republican newspaper here in Plattsburgh, New York, in lovely Clinton County. I'm Joe LaTemplio, Editor-in-Chief, along with my trusty night editor, Ben Rowe. We're happy to bring you the 77th version of the Press Pass Podcast in this last weekend of October 2022. It's a gorgeous day, as it has been pretty much most of the week, and we have lots going on. Ben, how are we doing? Good. I think we finally found the right audio levels for your introduction, Joe. Well, I'm trying to tone it down a little bit. Well, we don't blow out our listeners' eardrums. Well, I'm going to get angry when I bring up this next topic, so I might be blowing out the words. Um, (laughs) Now, I heard, heard, imagine that, these days, um... I went to Sam's Club recently to purchase mm-hmm. Halloween candy. Mm-hmm. Halloween's coming up on Monday, so we got to have candy for the kids to come mm-hmm. trick-or-treating at your house. I live on a circle in uh, Morrisonville. There's about 50 homes on the circle, so it's ideal for trick-or-treating. Parents, people, they bring their kids up there, they drop them off, and they let them walk around the circle. It's pretty safe. It's lit. Mm-hmm. And so we get a ton of kids. So I bought two huge bags of candy, 145 pieces in each bag. So that's 290 pieces. Hopefully that's enough, mm-hmm. although I've gone close to 400 some years. Uh, but it's a Monday night, school night. Maybe mm-hmm. they won't be out as late. Then I heard today that, oh, you got your candy from Sam's Club? They're selling last year's candy because it just arrived because of the shipping problems. <laughs> It's no good. You better check the dates. Now, I haven't checked the dates on the packages yet, but I will. But does it matter? It's candy. (laughs) (laughs) First of all, Sam's Club has always been very reliable for me as far as, heck, you can buy all your stuff in bulk. Yep. But you're right. It's the fact that this isn't apples. You know, it's candy. It's loaded with who knows what. <laughs> Keep it fresh. Lots of sugar. Yes. Um, I agree. I mean, Tootsie Rolls. Have you ever heard of a Tootsie Roll gone bad? <laughs> got a good point there. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, they're already practically that way. What's the half-life? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, yes. But, well... What about, like, you know, you get candy with, like, razor blades in it. you got to worry about that more, Joe. Yes, you do. I, I mean, uh, I, not to say anything bad about Sam's Club. I agree. I go there for many yes. purchases. Um, I do think people, though, sometimes they do have, like, a weird thing about, oh, well, it's bought in bulk, so that means it sits in the warehouse forever and that kind of thing. And I'm like, no, I think it rotates pretty quickly out of Sam's Club once it gets in there. So Yeah, but like you say, it's candy. <laughs> yes, yes. I don't think your your bitto honeys are gonna you know, are gonna be any stiffer than they already are. So, and also is the again, you know, if you had candy around long enough, who keeps their candy around at the house for a year? Let alone, you know, in the stores. So right. And I, right and I don't think the kids are gonna be, you know, opening it up and tasting it and saying, "Oh, this is bad." <laughs> Bring it back. I mean, the kids could be getting a moldy, you know, Reese's bar, and they still gobble it up, yes. <laughs> but, I don't know if that speaks well to the kids' health, but... Um, I, I am interested to look at the package now to see if the date's on there. Yeah. But had you heard that? I had not heard that. I was in the same conversation that I brought that up, and no, I mean, I know that, you know, my... 
philosophy about it always was that I heard that you go shopping for Halloween candy on November 1st because then they mark it all <laughs> down because yeah. Halloween is over. So, you know, is that in that case, you know, a couple of days, weeks after Halloween, yeah, you might be getting the kind of the stale Halloween candy, but it's also cheaper. So, yeah, <laughs> that's so, like in, in Easter, you know, the same thing goes. So, now I think you're right. I don't think we'll have any problem giving it away. No, no, no. But I was thinking about that on that note. Is I talked, I think, a little bit on the last podcast about my Halloween past where living in a more rural area, our houses were a bit more spread apart. There were more cars involved in driving around to mm-hmm. the houses. What was Halloween like for young Rochester-born Joe LaTemplia? Oh, it was awesome. Um, my friends and I, we, we would go out. Back then, I know up here, the night before Halloween traditionally has been called Cabbage Night. Yes. Because people go out and... Mischief. Yes. Destruction. Yes. <laughs> or cabbages or whatever. We used to call it Beggar's Night because we wouldn't go out and cause mischief. We'd go out and trick-or-treat. Mm-hmm. and On the night before The night before. <laughs> and people would say, what are you doing? Tomorrow's Halloween. We're like, tonight's Beggar's Night. Oh, okay. And they'd give you candy. Mm-hmm. A lot of them. Not all of them. Yeah. Some of them said, get out of here. Come back tomorrow. <laughs> so we got to trick-or-treat two nights. Mm-hmm. And I had... I lived on a busy street with lots of houses, and there were several other streets in the area with lots of houses, and there were three huge apartment complexes um, right behind my street. And those were ideal, because you could go in uh, to uh, one of the buildings and have eight apartments, and just hit all the buzzers, (laughs) and all the doors would open, and trick-or-treat, and you just go door-to-door <laughs> right there. Inside, it's warm. Mm-hmm. Um, so we loaded up, man. It That's was great. Cool. I never thought of it. Apartment buildings, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, Joe and his buddies, and back in the day, you know, your parents just send you out, and, you know, have fun. Be I back. Know. Be was... back someday. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, but it was it was concentrated in the neighborhood. It wasn't, we weren't that far from home. Well, you didn't have to be. There were plenty no, of people right there. <laughs> a million places. There was one place on Portland Avenue. It was an older building. It had Ooh. a couple apartments in it. Very old building. Spooky. It was spooky. You had to walk down <laughs> this long lane. It was dark. And then you went into this, like, uh, alcove that mm. was dark. And this woman, she used to open the door. <laughs> And we'd be like, what's going on? What's going on? (laughs) But she always had the biggest candy bars. Yes. Full-size candy bars. Yes. So we love going there. So if you brave the the spookiness, yeah, you get the the prize. (laughs) Absolutely. Now, for for Monday night, the last couple years, I think we talked about it, we made a a Halloween candy shoot. Yes. From the window. Um for COVID reasons, mm-hmm. and the kids would come and put their bags underneath the chute, and we'd drop it in from inside the house. Well, my wife had the chute out today getting it ready, and she repainted it. <laughs> yes, you got to post a new picture of it. I want to see it. Yes. <laughs> so we're getting ready. It's a fun time of year. Yes. It's, people like it. Well, that reminds me is that in Look Back this week, um, I forget if you had a chance to read this week's Look Back or not. but um, I, I think I did. Is the fact that back in the 1940s, they talked a lot more about pranks 
And I thought yes. it was interesting. Yes. <laughs> I didn't realize that. that there are a lot of police um, notices back in the paper back then saying, hey, people, we know the kids like to cause mischief, but, you know, don't let them go too crazy. Soaping windows. Soaping the windows. That, that is something we did. <laughs> yes. And um, I have never heard of that before. But now that I think about it, I'm like, oh, that's kind of neat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's harmless. Yes, is that yeah? I assume you just yeah you rub the windows white with soap and that kind of thing, and oh, you can't see out the windows. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it was funny because my neighbors, the Rubinos, who owned Rubinos Italian Foods in mm-hmm. Rochester, famous uh, Italian deli, wonderful place. They had competitors back then, Gaetano's Italian Foods. Somebody soaped Gaetano's on their garage door. Hey, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, they weren't happy. <laughs> but yeah, I like that. Is that you think uh, you know the little rascals back then are running around and causing all kinds of Halloween mischief? And yeah, we had a cabbage night down in Willsboro. Is there was this this big um, hill in town, and on the morning of November first, it was just like splattered in like pumpkin guts and that kind of thing yes the the infamous smashing of pumpkins all around town and is that my grandpa used to uh grow and sell pumpkins and he would load them all up on um this big uh wagon in uh, my my mom and i would live on the farm so we had this big stack of pumpkins like there you know 100 200 pumpkins on this big wagon and the kids they would go and um causing mischief in the neighborhood, they would go and grab the pumpkins and smash them. Oh. Kind of My grandpa didn't like that. So he ended up taking some of the um, the wire, the electric wire from the fence, and he looped it around the um, the wagon and looped it between some of the pumpkins, that kind of thing, and he turned it on. And so, you know, you touch it, you get zapped. And I never touched it again. So he's like, take care of that problem. <laughs> That's illegal. Yeah, it took care of the problem, Joe. <laughs> he was a very ingenious person. To uh, I like the way he thought. Yes. <laughs> but yes, um, yeah, it's Halloween weekend. Um, actually, tomorrow at noon, I'm downtown. They're having um, a little trick-or-treat event with local businesses. People can, um, that being Saturday, can bring the kids down and go around to all the little downtown businesses, get treats and specials and that kind of thing. I think they're doing a little party in Trinity Park and that kind of thing. So Yeah. Um, it is kind of nice what's on Monday is that you kind of have like a whole weekend of Halloween festivities. So. Yeah, yeah, that, mm-hmm. that's true. Um, in the city here, uh, it's nice to have those celebrations. Wondering if they'll be drinking city water. Whoa, you know what's really scary? City water. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've been following this since probably the middle of August. The city of Plattsburgh has had trouble with its water supply being discolored. They've yes. tested it and tested it and tested it, and it's okay. It's not harmful, but it's brown, and, you know, it's a problem. Um, the latest story we had this week by Carly Newton was um, after multiple tests, um, they discovered, you know, it is okay, and there was some manganese in it, which I really don't know what it is. <laughs> um, some type of mineral, I believe. Yeah, and, you know, they continue to take steps to flush the system and get rid of it, but they're not sure how it got in there, which is kind of puzzling. Um, But I think, you know, from what I'm hearing, this is typical throughout the Northeast with old systems, Mm -hmm. old pipes, old water distribution systems. 
Um, well, as we discussed a bit on the show um, a couple weeks ago when we were talking about this, is that he figured the any city wire system, but including the Plattsburgh city wire system, it's a complex machine involving miles of piping, involving, you know, hundreds of thousands of gallons of water flowing <laughs> through. And is that, again, it's a, and there's this team of people that are overseeing the entire system. And certainly we don't want anything to go wrong with it, but Murphy's Law, you know, is that it's tough to keep the water as clean as we expect it to be sometimes, so. Yeah, I mean, you know, the city has talked in the past about investing millions upon millions for a brand new system, which um, would be great, um, but obviously very expensive, (laughs) but who knows, maybe it's time has come. Perhaps this incident will, yeah, raise some conversations about maybe it's time to reinforce the system. Spur discussion. Although, isn't that partly... Why they're talking about the Margaret Street um, renovations as well as replacing some the of the pipes? Yeah, below yes. there are very old, um, uh, susceptible to damage uh, and breakage. The, and I'm not sure if it's necessarily just in Plattsburgh or just, as you said, you know, around the Northeast. But is that being the older part of the country, is that some cities and some places do have piping that still in use from like a century ago? Yeah. Yes. Oh, <laughs> Right here in Plattsburgh. A lot of it is from the 1800s. Yes. Um, it's incredible. Um, the piping on the uh, Air Force Base portion of the city, mm-hmm. which is from the 50s, mm-hmm. not that old, comparatively, they have lots of problems. Mm-hmm. And that's only 70 years old or so. Yes. So imagine a 130-year-old system. But the problem being, as you said, is that the time and money involved in replacing it is a headache. So it's like, well, it still works. <laughs> well, didn't we pass some major infrastructure bill not too long ago? Ooh, is that what that bill was supposed to be about? <laughs> Fixing our... Uh, I, I mean, would say water's infrastructure. <laughs> it is It is funny to think sometimes that with stuff like infrastructure, and obviously it's a political hot button term as infrastructure, infrastructure, infrastructure. Mm-hmm. And it can seem kind of like, you know, general, like nebulous, like, oh, what does infrastructure mean? You know, but then you think you think of the bridges we drive over, you think of the piping, you think of the electrical systems, you think of the buildings. You know, we 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 believe they're gonna keep working day to day, but sometimes they're very old and things go wrong. Maintenance. You gotta have maintenance. <laughs> yes. I mean Dare I say, look what happened with the Crate Civic Center. Yes. Uh, there was no maintenance and upkeep all these years, and now it's crumbling. Yes. Uh, you don't want that. No, and I mean, again, you know, I read a while ago, like, a story about um, bridges in danger around the country. Not around here, yeah. but in different places, you know. We all know stories about bridges around the country that have just, boop, you know. <laughs> it's like, geez, we need to put money into making sure all of our stuff is... Up to snuff. Well, maybe we should get on the horn with uh, Mayor Pete. Pete Bud- oh, yes. Buttigieg. Oh, <laughs> uh, Was he transportation secretary? Yes. Uh, yeah. And uh, say, hey, let's get this fixed. Oh, goodness. Just hearing hearing Mayor Pete, just the name brings back all the here's political memories. You said we were going to get political, Joe. <laughs> no, we're not. But speaking of politics, while you're downtown doing trick-or-treating, you can also head over to, if you live in the right region, on the government center and vote. 
Yes, early voting starts tomorrow, Saturday, October 29th. Are you allowed to vote in a Halloween costume? <laughs> Good question. I would imagine. <laughs> we might find out. Yes. <laughs> now, that would be adorable, seeing a bunch of parents and kids in their costumes going from Trinity Park up to the government <laughs> center and voting. Then that would be a fun If you show off, up so. in costume. I'm encouraging that over the podcast. People go and vote in costume. What if someone shows up as an election denier? <laughs> oh jeez! <laughs> just kidding. not even gotta touch that one. Just Jordan. kidding. <laughs> what are you? Oh. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> yes, but um, speaking of Halloween, and I've told this story before. The fact that my grandpa used to um, do a do write-ins if he didn't like all the candidates, so he would do you know Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse, yeah. yes, and Scrooge McDuck and. His favorite was Wimpy Ellsworth. Do you know who Wimpy Ellsworth the is? The hamburger from? guy? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> I will pay you for a hamburger On Tuesday. Tuesday. I will pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good choice. Yes. Um, yeah, um, so a lot going on. And today I had the distinct pleasure of going over to the Oval on the uh, Old Base portion, the Veterans Park. Mm-hmm. For a special ceremony honoring the four Blair brothers, uh, the four Blair brothers from the Saranac area who recently went on the last honor flight of the year, they, those four and four other brothers who are no longer with us, all served in the military. Goodness. Eight brothers from the Blair family. And they did a special ceremony to honor those four and the others today. And they, it was a surprise. They brought them out. They, they told them they were there to honor some other veteran. Mm-hmm. And they put all their family on the big honor flight bus. Mm-hmm. And the bus came in with a huge motorcade of police and fire trucks and motorcycles. And the bus pulled in and all the family members got out. They were so surprised. Um, it was wonderful. And Billy Jones, who helped organize the event um, read proclamations from the state assembly honoring the family for their services it was a really nice nice ceremony for the Blair brothers and uh, you saw them didn't you I did yes uh, my um the last uh, honor flight um, of the year that they honored yeah. them there as well but again as I said um in the press release for the event it says some family members weren't able to attend that particular day and they were able to now get them in to honor them on this um day which I thought was very nice as that yeah the, you know um as I said, you know, talk about putting your families in service to the country. Like, wow, all eight. my goodness. <laughs> it was, it's incredible. And, yeah, and, you know, from what I recall is that, um, again, um, on the day of the honor flight, hearing the Blair Brothers' biographies read um, about their service and um, just from their reactions and that kind of thing, you could tell that, you know, they were humbled by it and they seemed like really good guys. So. Yes, yes. I talked to uh, them afterwards and they were really surprised um, and very thankful and, you know, of course, they deflected it and said, oh, there's a lot of others that could be honored, not just us. And typical. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, no, we thank them for their service. Um, it's a remarkable thing, and they're, they're right here in our community. And, yeah, now, they're from the what area, I guess? Saranac, Katyville area. Yes. Is that, I just want to say is that, you know, it sounds like they should make a movie about them. You know, the Blair Brothers of Katyville. <laughs> that was mentioned. Um, Billy Jones, actually, I think it was, talked about somebody should write a book or make a movie. <laughs> yes, just the name sounds so heroic, the Blair Brothers. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes, well, and yeah, and again, once again, you know, as we've said on this podcast, is that we can't say enough about the honor flight. Um, 
and what they do for the local veterans. And is that, as we mentioned in articles before, is that the honor flight group does not just stop with the flights. They bring the veterans around to the schools to talk to the kids. Um, they bring them to think to like different all kinds of events, town hall yeah. events, and that kind of thing. Yeah, so yeah, no, it's wonderful. Barry Finnegan and company they do a great, great job. Mm-hmm. So, and we're we're glad to support them. Absolutely, uh, and we will continue to. Um, and it was you know today was a nice day for it. a little chilly, <laughs> but it was a beautiful sunny day, and uh, which you know makes me start to think. Okay, it's going to get cold. We're all going to be in, in indoors. Are we going to see another spike of COVID? I was wondering how you got to transition to something else. <laughs> well, I started thinking about it. And, <laughs> and you know, we their latest COVID update, there was another four deaths in Clinton County. I yes. think that's eight in the last couple of weeks yes. in Clinton County. Where for a couple months, we didn't have any. No. Mm. And um, <clears throat> like I said, we're getting to the colder part of the year. And we keep hearing about variants... And now Wuhan is on lockdown again. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, Ben. I don't know if this thing's over or not, or getting close to being over. Well, I was thinking is that I got to go and get my flu shot. Yes, please <laughs> there do. Was, um, there was some article that I was saying that the flu season is expected to be nasty um, this winter. So yeah, um, and I traditionally get it, um, but it's just a matter of getting off your butt and scheduling it. So yes. I got my flu shot, my booster, and a shingle shot. <laughs> All yes. like within a week. <laughs> yes, I think I will hold off on the shingle shot, but still. Have you had chicken pox? I have had chicken pox. Then that means you're susceptible. susceptible. You better get that shot. Yes, that's true. That's true. <clears throat> but yes, um, you know, is that we've had two years now of giving the same essential advice, you know, hygiene, just being smart about it, is that... Seems like at this point, that's kind of all we can do. It's just, you know, we know what to do. It's just a matter of doing it, so. Well, I certainly hope so. Yes. Um, but, you know, where else um, people congregate a lot, I don't know if this is, is on the ferry. I was going to say, <laughs> the, um, the Essex Ferry. Yes. Crossing. Actually, as far as COVID places go, I would say you're pretty safe on the ferry. Most yeah, people stay in the cars. It'll be fine. Um, but they have changed schedules, which those people are not happy. They went to the winter scaled back winter schedule version a lot sooner. And yes. commuters are like, they're affected by it. As we heard from, was it Essex Town Supervisor? Yes, Ken Hughes. Hmm? Yeah, that was interesting. Yes, and um, is that, <clears throat> you know, growing up um, down there, I knew of a couple people. Um, I knew of one family who's... Kids went to a school over Vermont. I know my cousin, she worked across the pond, I'm across the lake um, for a while. And they do depend heavily on um, the ferry schedule, staying consistent. And, you know, um, heck, if you're off for any reason, then, you know, you're off your schedule, that kind of thing. And so they do very seriously <laughs> take that. Um, they don't want their ferry schedule to be um, disrupted. So I can see why that's a concern. How long is that crossing take? Um, you know I'm terrible with directions. I would say it probably takes no more than ten minutes. Oh, so it's, it's yes, it's, it's not quick. like the what is the long one, the Port Kent one? Yes, the Port Kent one's the longest. It's like one. An hour. Yeah, 
Yes. Okay. So if you cannot get the Essex Ferry, what's your options? Is to go down to the uh, Port Henry Bridge. Crown Point uh, yes. Bridge. Okay. Mm-hmm. Crown Point Bridge. Yes. That's a little hike. And that that yes that takes about that would if you were trying to get up to the same point up to Charlotte or around the area that would probably take you yeah another half an hour you know forty minutes to get down there so or get up and around yes and once you go over the bridge in Crown Point to go north is a pain yes uh, yeah no that's winding roads and yes, yes. <laughs> and you get to is it Shelburne or Virgins Shelburne yeah and it's Traffic's a nightmare. Yes, then you're in the urban area, and then, yes, then it's a whole other thing. So, yes, so that crossing is um, it's essential. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess uh, they mentioned staffing problems. Which, you know, is the season thing right now, so. Yeah, so uh, that's something we'll keep an eye on. I also think traditionally the ferry company has often had um, staffing issues sometimes, um, especially around, like, non-peak times is that people, you know, but it's not the summer, and there's a ton of stuff, you know. Eh, I'll go and do something else. So, well, we were talking about infrastructure earlier. Yes. If we, well, if we just had a bridge. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, I'm surprised, you know, with you know, it's election season, and all these people running for uh, office, some of them federal. Um, I'm surprised that Bridge to Vermont has never become a serious campaign issue. That's true. That well, would be interesting. It's like the, the rooftop highway or yes. whatever. Yes. Can you imagine? That's not a bad idea. Maybe um, somebody should do that. Run for uh, Congress or Senate and say, my platform is a bridge to Vermont. <laughs> <laughs> Candidate, what do you think about guns? Bridge to Vermont. <laughs> hey, focus on that. <laughs> I pledge to bring a bridge to Vermont. That would be interesting. Yes. So what party are you with? The Bridge to Vermont party? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> no, that would only happen over in New Hampshire. <laughs> Maybe. Where you have the um, the rent is too damn high. And <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that was um, that was New York City. Yes, that was New York City. Yes. <laughs> but there is all kinds of crazy things over there. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. You do. I I do recall in my years here, you do get kind of narrow focused candidates sometimes. People have one particular pet um, project for the town council or whatever they want to run on. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. When it's like, I've just always been concerned about this road. <laughs> I just want to change it. It's like, okay, you know. Mark maybe, maybe that's the ticket. Maybe that's the way it should be. <laughs> you know what? If you're not going to be a controversial candidate besides for fixing that road, then. <laughs> right. Maybe, maybe we're on to something. Yes. Single issue candidates. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Yes, but, um, yeah, it's funny to think that within the next, um, you know, two, two and a half weeks, the political season, the voting season, anyway, <laughs> will be wrapped up, so. Yep, as we said, early voting starts tomorrow. It goes through all next week until next Sunday, the uh, 6th, I think. I believe so, yes. Mm-hmm. And then there's no voting on Monday. And, and then election day. Big election day. November 8th. So, yes, so plenty of time. If you've been frustrated with the whole thing, well, again, as we said in the editorial, this is your chance to push back and, you know, make your point. So, Yep, it's our democracy. It only works if we uh, participate. So, And you know what? The candidate that you don't like will not be hurt by you not voting. If anything, they will be helped by you not voting. <laughs> and so, 
you know, get out there and vote for the other guy if you, you know, or girl. Exercise your right. Yes. Well, then, that was another uh, nice day of a, for a podcast. Yes, absolutely. It's a busy time of the year. Um, and one last thing is the fact that, you know, um, on the Press Pumpkin website, you can find all kinds of stories about all kinds of candidates from the smallest races to the biggest races. So check that out. And, yeah, it should be interesting to see how it all pans out. Yeah, people this week have been asking me about endorsements. And uh, typically... Here at the Press Republican, at least the 37 years I've been here, we do not endorse candidates. We have once or twice, I think, over the years. But mostly we do not endorse candidates. Our thought is to provide the readers, voters, with as much information as we can about each candidate, what their platforms are, what they stand for, what they think, what they're doing, and then let people make up their own minds after they absorb the information. You know, uh, that's we, the best way to serve the voters, we felt. We don't endorse candidates. We endorse voting. <laughs> we definitely endorse voting. Please go out and vote. Yes. Well, very good. Well, um, yeah, maybe we'll have an update on that next week. But until then... Where can well, they find us? Um, you can find us on PressPublican.com while you're reading your election coverage. You could be listening to the Press Pass podcast at the same time. And you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud and all your favorite places. As well as our website. Yes. So thanks again, everybody, for listening. Uh, We hope everybody has a great Halloween weekend. Until next time, we wish everybody a little weak side help.